0: Sometimes it astonishes me how far apart Christians in the United States uh, can be on certain issues. For instance, what does it mean to be pro-life? That can mean anything from being against abortion to being for total nonviolence. What does it mean to be immoral? That can mean everything from viewing pornography to not supporting equal rights for all human beings. These vast differences. There are times when I hear things that Franklin Graham says as a self-identified Christian and I think to myself, how can he say that? And does he really believe that? As a Christian, as you read the Gospels, but I can assure you that if for some reason someone strapped him down and made him listen to one of my sermons, <laughs> that he would say the same thing about me. Is this, how can this guy proclaim to be a follower of Christ? As I've been studying our particular text for this morning, I've landed upon this idea that I think most of us Christians could probably be sorted fairly accurately as to what kinds of political opinions we might hold by answering one fundamental question. That question is this What is the good news that Jesus came to share? What is the good news that Jesus came to share? A shorthand way for this that this often gets asked is, what is the gospel? For the most part in the United States, there are two answers for this question. And those answers send folks in very different trajectories. On the one hand, we have folks who say that the good news, the gospel that Jesus came to proclaim is forgiveness of sins in order that we might be. United with God for eternity, forgiveness of sins that our souls might be saved. On the other hand, we have folks who say the good news, the gospel, is essentially that Jesus came to set right everything in the world, everything. I became a Christian within the context that answered the first way. Forgiveness of sins and, therefore, eternal salvation. When people were asked, what is the gospel? The number one answer was the four spiritual laws. The four spiritual laws are four propositions that I was encouraged to memorize in case someone ever asked me, what's the gospel? What's the good news? And those four spiritual laws are these. One, God loves you and created you to know him personally and experience his love. Two, human beings are sinful and separated from God, so we cannot know God personally or experience his love. Three, Jesus Christ is God's only provision for human sin. Through Christ alone, we can know God personally and experience God's love. And four, each person must individually receive Jesus Christ into their heart as Lord and Savior. Then we can know God personally and experience God's love. Now, there is a lot of truth in those four propositions. There is a, a, tre- a tremendous amount of truth. And there is also in those propositions, a lot that is beautiful and can be life-changing for the better. God does love us. God does want human beings to know and experience that love. But to say that the fullness of God's good news, the fullness of the gospel is summed up in those four spiritual laws is to miss out on vast swaths of Jesus's purpose and meaning this morning's text reminds us that Jesus came to bring far more than only forgiveness of sins of individuals. Jesus came to change every aspect of human society for the better. In that first verse from our text this morning, Jesus tells us what his understanding of the good news is, or what his gospel is. Jesus traveled about from town to town, village to village, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of God. Jesus is announcing a whole new society, the kingdom of God. God's people, the Israelites, had lived under kings for centuries. Some of the kings were great. Some of them were horrible. Most of them were a combination of both of those things at different times. But good or bad, they impacted every aspect of society. God's original intention was that Israel would not have a king, that God would rule over God's people through the judges and the priests. But God's people, you read this in the in the the Old Test the Hebrew scriptures, God's people whined and whined until they got God to give them a king. Everybody else has one, we want one. It's just over and over again, incessantly, and God finally says, Okay, you want one? You got one. Which ends up leading to Oh, what are some of the things Uh, I'm trying to find my place again? I know it's war and rebellion and invasions and exile and finally foreign occupations. Earthly kings did no better at solving society's problems than the judges and the priests before them. So Jesus comes and preaches a kingdom. Yes, does preach a kingdom. But this one is very different. This one is God's kingdom. In Jesus, God will reign and society will function as God has always desired it. Centuries before Jesus arrived, through the prophet Isaiah, God had reminded the people what God wanted society to be like get rid of unfair practices. Quit blaming victims. Quit gossiping about other people's sins. If you're generous with the hungry, start giving yourselves to the down and out. Your lives will begin to glow in the darkness. He goes on later, you will be known as those who can fix anything, restore old ruins, rebuild and renovate, make the community livable again. Make the community livable again. Notice how comprehensive is God's vision. Isaiah even says it's not about keeping track of other people's sins. It's about building a whole society in which all people are cared for. Jesus' good news, the gospel, is that this whole new society has begun in his arrival. James Put it this way Be careful about how you greet everyone because it shows who you are and what you value. But what I really like about what James says is the way he sums up the gospel. He says, You do well when you complete the royal rule of Scripture. The royal rule being the kingdom of God. Love others as you love yourself. That is James' summary of this. It's not the four spiritual laws that deal with God's forgiveness of sins so that individuals' souls will be saved and they can be reunited with God. Alone, at least. Rather, it is Love one another as you love yourself. That is the royal rule of scriptures. And if we live that rule, it will change the whole of society for the better. And we actually catch a glimpse of what that society can look like in Jesus's little merry band of followers. Look again at this group Luke writes that the 12 were there. These are the 12 male apostles, uh, guys that we looked at last week, uh, which are basically a wide mix of pathetic, regular human beings. And then we also hear this morning that there were women with them. And they are just as much of a mixed, pathetic group of human beings as the guys. William Barclay writes about this group, as with the Twelve Apostles, so with these women. We cannot fail to see how mixed a company they were. There was Mary Magdalene. Clearly, she had a past that was a dark and terrible thing. Luke puts it, seven demons were Rid from her Uh, seven is just basically a the number that was used for complete and whole. She was completely and wholly uh, absorbed with this horrible life. Then there was Joanna, the wife of Cusa, excuse me, Herod's official who looked after Herod's financial interests. It is amazing Barclay writes, to find Mary Magdalene with the dark past and Joanna, the lady of the court, in one company. And the fact that they were women who were traveling with Jesus was a whole new thing. William Marshall, another Scottish writer, notes that the place of women among followers of Jesus was totally unusual in Palestine. And he says, but that's all the more reason why we can trust that that's what it was. Because historically, they never would have put, Luke never would have written that if it hadn't been true because it would have brought such shame to Jesus's band. And then Tom Wright goes even further to say that these women had done the unthinkable. They have left the well-defined social space of home and family and have chosen to accompany Jesus on the road. Altogether, this group of disciples gives us an image of God's new society. Daryl Bach puts it this way. This note that women followed and supported Jesus also is important since this passage makes clear that those contributing to Jesus' ministry span both gender diversity and the social scale. Jesus wants to change every aspect of human society for the better. A society where everyone is cared for, everyone is treated with respect, and everyone is included. This is the way it is in God's kingdom. The good news Jesus came to share is that God's reign has begun in the arrival of Jesus. Now, in no way has it arrived in full, but it has a foothold in this world, in this life. Whenever people love one another, whenever people care for others and do for others as they would have done for us, Whenever healing and restoration is brought, especially to the oppressed, the imprisoned, the poor and downcast. With perfect timing, my cousin who lives in New Zealand uh, posted on Friday on Facebook a video about their New Zealand's prime minister's new initiative, government initiative. Their prime minister, Jacinda Ardern, wants to transform politics to focus on, and these are her words, to focus on, this is a prime minister of a country, kindness, empathy, and well-being. She feels that the typical measures of government success, GDP, gross domestic product, uh, employment rates, those things don't tell the the whole story of success. She notes that, for instance, in New Zealand, GDP is up around 3% and unemployment is down to 3.9%. Right? Great. Wonderful. Everything's going well. But then she also notes that they have, again, to, in her words, a staggering homelessness problem. They have one of the highest rates of youth suicide in the OECD, the uh, Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development, which includes many of the most developed countries in the world. Mental health and well-being, she notes, are not what they should be. She wants to develop, her words, a living standards framework and a well-being budget. She, she mentions in this video, as a gov- government minister, if you want to spend money, you will have to show that it will improve intergenerational well-being. It will improve societal well-being and not just economic well-being. And she acknowledges that many of these investments won't bear fruit for decades, let alone one political cycle. Now, I have no idea if she has any religious background whatsoever. I have no idea if she does have one, what that is. So I'm not saying that she's a Christian and she's after these things because she's Christian. I have no idea. But I do know that this type of governance based on kindness, empathy, and well-being, societal well-being, this is the stuff of Christ. This is the stuff of the kingdom of God. Jesus came to change every aspect of human society for the better. Now, I do believe that one of the acts essential for this new society, God's kingdom, to become a reality is forgiveness of sins. All human beings are estranged from God in a very existential way. And one means for establishing God's kingdom on this earth is Jesus reconciling human beings to God. When our relationship with God is set right through Jesus, then all other relationships can be made right as well. But having our sins forgiven, that we might be restored to a right relationship with God, is only one part of Jesus's good news. If we stop there, we reduce Jesus's meaning and impact to a fraction of what it could be. Dallas Willard, in his book, The Divine Conspiracy, calls this reduced gospel, this reduced good news, The Gospel of Sin Management. And he reveals in that book how that belief becomes much more a belief in a transactional relationship rather than in a relationship of love between beings. And I believe that that is why many who believe that the essence of Jesus' good news is merely about sin management reduce life in our country to essentially also sin management. If that's the fundamental core of what they believe Jesus came to do, then they believe that that's what they are to do, manage sin. But Jesus has so much more in mind for all of us, for this world. Jesus has come to change every aspect of human society for the better, better. to inaugurate the kingdom of God in which all people are treated with care, all people are treated with respect, and all people are included. Jesus doesn't want only new individual lives. Jesus wants a whole new society. Thanks be to God.